The Psicha Lashar HaMosar. Page Kuflam and Hey. That'd be different. 135. So now we are starting. We are starting the second Shar. Psicha Lashar HaMosar. Dvarim Gedolim Vamukim Lamadnu Vishar Rishon. We learned very great, deep things. No notes. I'll give you these. Very great and deep things in the first Shar. Ala Adam Vala Torah. We, we, have, uh, we have received very deep ideas. To be able to live with this depth is a totally different Indian, and that is what we're going to go to, and we're going to flesh these ideas out about, which we've touched on. With all of the good ideas, it's possible, and this does not mean in a good way. A person can live simplistically with all of the with all of the deep ideas a person can still be living in a very superficial way. Lo pam rom amkon belimud gemara. It's not that you never see a person who is a lamdon. He is very deep in limud gemara. Asher bin behan haguso lo nikeres kol hashba me'amot limudo. And in the way that he conducts himself, you don't you don't see any hashba's behavior does not reflect his depth in learning. Ubaruhu masas nafshenu he lechayos chayim shalshlemos. And it is clear that our desire and our ambition is ultimately to live a life of Shlemus. So I will mention again the Sefer uh, that uh, I've mentioned before, Revolving Mishkan Evna, but he's all made on the beginning of Mesil Sisharim that the opening paragraph says, Amram Machaber, just going to read it quickly because I want to make the point. I didn't write the Sefer in order to teach you anything. And he goes on, I'm not teaching you anything new, I'm only reminding you that things that are already first Now, I don't know if this means that he literally is presenting his not teaching anything new, or he's taking the wind out of the sails of the argument. Even if you're going to say that there's nothing new and innovative about what I'm teaching you, so he goes on the things that are gully lakol, and as he finishes up, he says, So now I'm not even teaching you anything new, so therefore, what is it that you're even reviewing for? Things that are forgotten naturally. So we've mentioned before that the, the Sefer Vavim Mishkan Evna is omed on the difference between the Seichel and the Lev, and it's not really his innovation. We, we've actually had it before uh, in this Sefer as well. Uh, but I'll just mention the way that, the, that, the, that, that he puts it. He says that there's two ways, in translation, there's two ways, there's two ways that the, uh, that, the, that, that the mind relates to information, either in the seichel, in an intellectual way, or in the lev. And, and, and he says that the, the difference is things that a person is or isn't necessarily connected to, that they're not, that, that they're not internalized, that, they're not, that they don't become part of his personality. So, 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 the way that he, so the way that he presents, he talks about the difference between, between, let's say, memories. In other words, there are certain things that you know. You know that when you're hungry, you have to eat. You know that when you're tired, you go to sleep. 
those are not things that you remember. They're things that are just part, integrated. The way that we described it earlier was that the lathe is more your operating system. Part of what we think about is emotion, but it's something that's very intrinsic. Whereas you could study for a test and you can know it like the back of your hand, but it's not necessarily something that becomes part of who you are. So the way that the Mesir Shisharm starts off also, he says, I'm not talking about things that you're relating to on a sikhli dick level. Those things, there, there could be a lot of amkus over there. But what I'm trying to do is figure out how to get something into the lave. And in the, this Sefer also, just to mention, because it's an important point that he's omitted on, he has an entire chapter on it called the lave. Uh, it was on page Samach Dalid. And the way that he put it is, ready, So he uses the same Lashon on page 64 in this Sefer. It's not the knowledge that's primary, but rather the experience. That becomes part of how you live. Then he has a different context over there that he's presenting, but that's what we're talking about. So as much as you know, it doesn't necessarily affect you. As deep as as high as the heavens and as deep as the land, and there's you can't plumb the depths of of the lave of malachim. Now let's see how he presents the pasuk in Mishlei. The things that are going on in in the bria are unbelievably deep. history in terms of the management of the affairs of government. A person can live in an unsophisticated way. We can go without even looking at what's hidden underneath the hood. You know why you look at the sky? I looked that up. It's an umbrella. Right? The, the entire, your entire relationship with the heavens is to know whether or not to bring an umbrella. But Romamus is Shemayim and Margishim, and we're just, we, we, we're desensitized to the Romamus of Shemayim. Rom be Iton, we look in the newspaper, Ma'amr Nasi Osar, what the particular leader did, We literally see Megillus Esther, we said, playing out in front of our eyes. Again, you think Esther was over like an 11 year period or 13 year period, whatever it was. We look in the newspaper, we see things unfold and a person can literally just get caught up in whatever the particular headline is. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you could even turn your spiritual world into this. We discussed this when we talked about Lag Ba'imer, the idea of introducing a Pneumius, right, that the Mekubal and Me'er, which, which way they button their jacket, which everything, relating a world, an outer world, a Chitoni world, to a Pneumius world. Ma'amina memuna pshuta bli kol is bonus ubli ladas beizu avodim umetzes uh, we go through these and we say uh, in a simplistic way without understanding what it is that got to that point. We're going to comment on that in a second. And mamish to go through limud gemara A person can literally have all of the complexity, and you see it now, right? The, you, you can see, you know, whether in translation form or whatever it is, you can find people that are literally, even, you know, whether it's in Panemia Sator in that area, a person can go through all of the complexity in the world. I can spout back, you know, equal MC squared or whatever it is, in ter- without understanding the depth of what something is coming to talk about, you know, the uh, you could say, say 
formulas that, that go to the heart of something and without, without really truly understanding what the Nakuda is. You can literally be an Amkan and, and, and not, not relate it down to a person's life. So just to make two points. One point is, is that, is that, and again, just making one more point from the Sefer, Bavavi Meshkin Evna, uh, I actually was having a conversation about this with, uh, with somebody who has a, like a, a smicha program that a lot, you know, kind of for Balabat, and once people leave Yeshiva, it, it, it allows people to kind of engage back and learn. We were talking about people's Pirchei Shoshanim is the name of the program. But I was, I was talking this week to, to, to him, but a very interesting person is is uh, Chai. He, he has well, he's like one of the three people that's that's uh, authorized to allow chaplains into the military. Know, he's a very interesting individual. What's but anyway, name? Robert Todd. Uh, he, he anyway, not for now. Not but for now. The, the bottom line is is the, one of the things that the Sefer of Mishkan Evna says, and Ravan Lopiansky's Omid on the point also in his Mentor for Life Safer is a lot of times you see people who are engaged in ruchniyistic things, and their wheels are spinning, and yet you see that people don't get any traction, right? We've, we've mentioned this before. So a person is going through the motions, and at some point, are they five years ahead of where they were five years ago? They're working at something, but they don't seem to be putting, gaining any ground. And one of the points that the Sefer Bovavi makes is he says, how do you relate to things? If, let's say, you were running a business, this is the analogy. He happens to give a lot of analogies. He says, let's say you were running a business, and somebody said, well, how are you going to grow the business? Or how are you going to account for your account receivables? Or how are you going to even just know if you're progressing? And there are a number of ways to do that. And you would say, well, I'm just going to kind of go at it, uh, you know, a, a project, and this is what I'm going to do. And it's something that nobody would take you seriously for. Mm-hmm. then that means that what you're doing is not real. So whether it's an exercise regimen, learning to play the piano, or, progr- or, or growing a business, if, you, if anything that you relate to as real, you have some sort of a system of accountability, of tracking progress, of making sure that you're moving in a direction, and the only area of your life where you don't have that, I'll just go and I'll learn for half an hour in the morning and we'll see what happens, then even subconsciously, what that means is that you're not relating to Ruchni's growth as something that you otherwise relate to as real that requires investment and effort and a growth opportunity. One of the points that Ivan Lopiansky makes is that, you know, while a person's, let's say, in Shiva or in Kailo, there is an Indian to harvest and spend, you know, time doing that and so forth, not at all a, any sort of a criticism on that system, but one of the points I think that he makes, and if he doesn't make it like this, then I'm making it, is that as a person goes on to the work world, whether they're in sales or accounting or insurance or anything else, and the, their, entire, their entire professional life comes down to certain measures and certain metrics, if learning or ruchnius is the only part of their life, that's not governed by some sort of a system of, uh, that's trackable, then again, subconsciously, it's the least accountable, least real part of it. So even where a person might have been you know, in, in yeshiva and they're just learning and spending time and taking something apart, that's why one of the reasons, not as a bidiyavid, but let's say dafyami, something that has some sort of a consistency, something that has that if you miss a day, you have to make it up. Like every other area in your life, it has to become real. So point one, 
that, that, that I wanted to make is that a person has to relate to the world of Ruchnius as a, as a real world. It's not just something that's sort of abstract and you're into it or you're not into it. When, when we look at it and everything that we've been discussing until now, the idea of Ruchnius and of tapping into Ruchnius and changing ourselves is something HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us here. We have a Tachlis. We're responsible for that Tachlis. We get up in Rosh Hashanah. There's a Chesh Nefesh. There's a Yom Hadin. And we have to understand how we relate to that and a person can't just go through. So he's mentioning it as a personality in terms of the world and the Flois Habayri and everything going on around us and Ashkach Pratis and Hashem running the world. But he also kind of says that a person relates to the spiritual world like that and that's one thing that a person has to focus on. The second point that I wanted to make is he says, you know, Amunah Pshuta. A person goes through it and they don't pay attention. So they say, well, it's just Amunah Pshuta. I never thought about these things. I never really got under the hood. I never explored the depths of something. Because I'm not a shooter, why do I have to ask these questions? Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going to ask on the next page, why, why does a good Jew even have to do, oh, the next paragraph, say, why does a good Jew even have to do this? I, I just leave, leave him on a shooter. So the, the, this is addressed in different ways. You know, on one hand, you have a munap shuta. On the other hand, there's a puzzle that says, Pesiyam and the Chol Davar. A fool believes anything. Mm. About Tani actually, as I've mentioned this before, is one way of dealing with it. But I heard, I think around Lopiansky, but I, I, th- I think the way that he presented it was like this. When we say a munap shuta, there's the, 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 the analogy, I don't remember the exact analogy used, but I'll use my own. If, if you are going someplace and let's say you're holding, you know, you're holding a, a, a bag of jewelry or something and you go into a store, so you, need somebody, you can't walk in because for whatever the reason, you're holding your baby. So you find some sort of like a homeless drug addict on the thing or, you know, and you say, oh, do you mind? Like I have to run and make a phone call. Do you mind holding like my most precious possessions? And somebody says, well, are you out of your mind? And you say, well, what do you mean? You're not a trusting soul. That's not called being a trusting soul. That's called being an idiot. Right. On the other hand, if you have, and this is the example we used last time, if you have somebody, you know, a person has to go to a doctor, so he goes on the internet and he does total right. due diligence. He finds a doctor that went to the right schools, that has the right experience, that has all of the right credentials. Not only does he have the right credentials, it happens to be his family doctor, who not only healed his family, he gave them, you know, he let them pay off the bill when they were like, he was there for them in times of crisis, didn't charge them. So he's got the experience and he's got, and, and he's got the, uh, he, and he has the relationship. Now the person goes, and this is his area of specialty. And at that point, you go to the doctor and the doctor goes, you know, I've looked at you. It's nice to see you again. Goes through the thing. Says, this is your treatment. Now, you don't know what he's talking about because you are not a neurosurgeon or whatever. And you say, well, can you explain that to me? At a certain point, you made a perfectly rational decision to close that gap. That's not a munapshuta because it's a leap of faith. I mean, in a certain sense, it's a leap. It's that where you jump as high as you can, and at some point, it becomes rational to say, trust the expert. That's, that, that's a rational decision. You don't have to become the expert. You go to the mechanic. It's perfectly rational. Rabbi Tats on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Just put no. Footnote. We'll, we'll get back to it. So, so that that's called emunah pshuta. Emunah pshuta doesn't mean not thinking about something. Emunah pshuta is a dargo where you do everything rational and you come to the point. A person who doesn't believe that that there's an intelligent creator of the world is not. That's not an issue of being a maimon. That's an issue of being an idiot. You know, when you look at I don't know whether it's political or not, whether it's the Torah codes or whether it's hashgacha pratis or whether however you want to look at it, it becomes clear at some point that it's certainly more likely than not. It's a rational 
rational thing to say that that the world has a creator. That doesn't take Emuna. You know, so we have to understand what Emuna. So, so when he comes to say the two points of this paragraph, a person says Emuna Pshuta. I don't have to think about it. That's there's a there's a very fine line between Emuna Pshuta and Pesiyam Nachol Davar, where you just don't want to think about it, and therefore you throw your hand, even if you happen to throw your hands in the right direction. It doesn't mean that the person that you let hold your baby and your gold watch and your iPhone isn't going to give it back. But it wasn't necessarily a rational thing to do. So a person who lives like that is, is simply not engaged, right? So the next paragraph says, So why do I have to do this? Why can't I just do what I'm supposed to do? I'll go through all the motions. I'll, I'll do all the mitzvahs. I'll stay away from Averis and I'll be a good Jew. Like, what, what's exactly the problem? Why, it's nice what you're saying, and it's a very hard argument. Somebody who lives like this, I will stand up for. But w- where's the necessity, where's the imperative for me to engage in this? It's true, a person can ignore all these ideas and live as a good Jew. We'll, we'll, we'll flesh this out. There's no hischadshus. So you go through the motions and you do all the right things, and you, but there's no vitality. There's no, besides for growth, right, what's the difference really between something that's alive and something that's not alive? We're going to talk about Eitz Chaim, right? The title is Eitz Chaim. What's the difference between something, something that's, if you take a tr- leaf off of a tree and it's no longer attached to the tree, then it, you know, in a certain sense it looks alive, but it's just dying a slow death. If, if something just exists as it is, but it doesn't have any sort of a vitality, then it's, it's not alive. Hakol Shigra, everything is just routine. Right? They say by, uh, by, by joggers, I think, they say, you know, at some point you can just shift into a zone where you can, like, run forever. You know? So at that point, the push might be going from 7 miles an hour to running 7.2 miles an hour. Right? The question is, is where's the put, where, where, where's your, where are you getting out of your zone of comfort? Where's your change? A person, a person can exist on a very lofty level. We, we've mentioned before that man, you know, we always say that mankind, that human beings are on a higher level than an angel. They're not on a static higher level than an angel. Angels are holding, in a certain sense, on a, they're, they're on a much higher plane, but they're static. Right? So the, 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 yeah, uh, a person has to be alive. Kol Tiglis, every discovery, a person, in order to accomplish every discovery, anything has to become by digging deeper. Kol Chiddush Amiti Betaira, I mean, you could have a savant or something that does very, you know, very complicated types of things. Kol Chiddush Amiti Betaira, Every Chiddush in Taira comes only by going beneath the surface. A person can only have his Chiddushes in himself by going underneath the surface. It's only by going deep that a person comes to Nikudas Emes. And there's something that is going to be totally beyond, totally like fortified from a person who is living a simple, simplistic life, which is Yerushimayim. The Masil Sharm also in the beginning goes through the whole thing about how it's a chachma, a person has to put in an effort to get Yerushimaim. And without looking for it, you're not even going to know what Yerushimaim is, let alone to attain it. 
and we'll answer with Rebbeinu Yona. So making a couple points. First of all, Rav Itzla Petterberger, mm. translation, but in the beginning of Ari Yisrael, which is Rav Yisrael Slanter's letters, so he has he has a, he writes around it. Uh, a sefer called Shari Ar, but other essays. One of the points that he makes is that. Uh, I think there's a saying from some, I think it's attributed to some IBM program with garbage in, garbage out. Right? But, but one of the things that he says is that whenever you see something, that everything comes from something else. So if something has a cause, right, it's not, nothing is going to end up being more powerful than what went into it, what inspired it, what, what the source of it was. Right? So it, the, the, the more lofty, the more precious, the more higher level that you have a result, then the greater the cause is that needed to have gone into it, unless you're just going to say that it's mikra and happenstance, but we're not talking like that. So in the beginning of the Sefer, he says, so what's Avaitis? Avaitis Hashem is the, the loftiest goal. So what's behind that? Yiras Hashem. So if a person is going to engage in Avodah Hashem, it's not, talking about, it's not just talking about going through a routine. A, pers- a person has to be, aiming Yiras Hashem is what ultimately inspires, Yir uh, Shemayim is what inspires Avodah Hashem. And we're gonna we're gonna see soon why Yerushalayim ultimately is going to be a result of Torah. But in a certain sense, what really is Yerushalayim? So it goes on. It says that there's different levels of Yerushalayim. One is Yiras Ha'Einesh, and Yiras Ha'Einesh is what brings you to Torah. What's Yiras? Yiras Ha'Einesh is essentially reality of consequence, right? That, that that certain things have a negative consequence and certain things have a positive consequence. That, that there's a spiritual reality that we were talking about, and it's not just kind of like do a nice thing or else you turn the other cheek and Hashem's gonna care, he's not gonna care. Right? A person, a person has to understand that there's a reality to what he does, what his actions are, what he speaks, what he thinks, what there is, and that will bring a person towards Torah. And then Torah will bring a person towards Yiras Haroimimus, and he and he explains why, which we'll we'll mention soon. But the the, the point that he says is, in a certain sense, Yiras is the universe of under, of relating to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. The, the, and we'll see that it, it takes a Bechira. So a person first has to understand that the spiritual world, the spiritual universe has reality, that this Chara that this char and, and Aynesh, that a person is going to either get punished or he's losing out on the best possible good there is. He's going to come to learn Torah, and then as he relates to Torah, and we went through a whole Marachas at Torah, at that point right, so Riggs about uh, that uh, um, uh, at that point, you know, the, the Simcha and the Yira, the Kadava and the Yira come together, but at that point, the person reaches a depth of a relationship to Hashem. He understands who, he, uh, who he's relating to. But, uh, but, but just talking about this idea of Eschach, just tell you an interesting thing the morale in the introduction. I figured look at the introduction of Prekyavis. He's going to talk about like Midos and like why you have to learn Musa, right? So the the the, the morale in the introduction, he starts off talking about Eitz Chaim, uh, which is Tyra, and then he says what Lishmar Derech Eitz Chaim, and then Musar is to get there. But w- one of the things that he says is why is Tyra called Eitz Chaim? Because that's what he says that without Musar there's no Chaim, there's no Hischadshus, there's no vitality, there's no life. So he says that Eitz Chaim is for Nikras Eitz Chaim Taira is Shemayra al Nitzchas Hatorah Mitzar Atzma that there's two there's two uh, that it is showing that it itself has Nitzchias meaning it's not totally on anything else if you're contingent on something else then you can't have Nitzchias Mitzar Atzma because you can't be greater than whatever it is that's that, that's causing it and a person shouldn't say that Torah is subject to to Zman okay Torah Hefsek Mitzar Torah Atzma Feel Nikras Torah Eitz Chaim. 
So he says, really, that there's two reasons. He continues on. He says that there's two reasons that Torah is Eitz Chaim, that it's not going to become bottle. One is from without, one is from within. One reason, he says, essentially, is if you have, and Ravano Bianchi fleshes this out in one of the Shirem, but he says, if you have an argument, I'm arguing with you, and I say, and you say, uh, you make an argument. So the best thing that I can do is undermine one of the premises that you're relying on. I mean, I can disagree with you. You can say A and I can say B, but to really undermine your argument, what I, if I can show that, that one of the things that you're taking as a premise is not axiomatic, that it's wrong, you're dealing with the wrong givens, then your argument falls away. Torah is it's eights, it's, it's rooted. It's more deeply rooted than anything else. So when it comes to anything else undermining some of the truths of Torah, Torah is deeper, Torah is more axiomatic and it's more of a premise, it's one of the things created before the, the world than anything else. So there's nothing else that can, that can topple it over. And the other thing that he says is that, like we said, Chaim is something that's refreshing. The, 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 the body, I think Lobianski used this example, one of, science even really doesn't understand why we age. The truth is, is that if the whole body would just like disintegrate at once, then we wouldn't be alive. But the skin, the bones, everything is actually constantly like renewing itself. Mm-hmm. So... The, the, to the extent that, uh, that the body would remain static, then anything would just disintegrate a rock, just dies a slow death. It might take a million years, but a rock just dies a slow death. Chayim is only something that is inherently vibrant, it inherently has vitality. So he says that the Torah is Nitzchi both vis-a-vis something else and vis-a-vis itself. And then we spoke earlier about how if a person incorporates these Torah ideals and he integrates, he has full integration with them, so then he, the, he, he, the Torah really resonates within himself. But then, then, he, then he goes on, which, uh, okay, then, then he's gonna, we're going to talk in this soon about Musr and, and talk about so how is it that we relate to this vitality. Right? So just so we're not losing the flow of Revolbi, of this Sefer, so he starts off saying that a person can have intellectual ideas without, without making that bridge and, and, and living like that, without making it part of his personality, to the extent that he can walk around looking at the heavens only to see if he's just totally divorced from these ideas. He's, not, he's looking at the heavens to see whether or not he should take an umbrella, and he says that the question is, is why in fact do I have to relate to these underlying truths at all? Why do I, why do I have to think about them? Why can't I just go through the motions and be a good Jew? And he says, with the help of that the only real chayim that we have is something that's nitzchi, is, is a Kaddish Baruch Hu, is something that's tyridic. Without that, then there's no real chiyus. And if a person doesn't understand that this is true, then they're not understanding ruchnius as a reality. So he brings Rebbeinu Yonah Mishli, Ma'ayim Amuka Meitzabalevish, Heishashir Noveim Kar Chachma Kenachal, that the a person uh, who that, that there's Makar Chachma is like a like a river, like a spring. Divrepiv Kamaim Amukim Asher Lo Yagi Adam Lishos Mehem Adashir Yitroch Viedlosam. It could be that there's a lot of Chachma and there's something that's very worthwhile that's deep, but a person has to draw it up. Kain Lo Yovenish Divrei Chachma Novam Lo Yomer Al Daito Zulas a person is not going to be omed on chachma unless he strives to understand it. So he says, a person shouldn't delude themselves to think that he understands things, that, you know, take things that, the Gemara has this, I forget the Lushan, but there are certain things that it says, if, if a great man said something, don't be so fast to like machavek with it. If, if, if a person is, if knowing who a person is, he has depth and he has clarity and he has integrity and he has credibility with you and he says something that makes no sense or he says something that's incorrect or just seems like very surface deep, 
don't think it's don't 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 be you know presumptuous enough to think that you understand that I take it at face value. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, we're now this time of year is having mesunim Look at it, find tam, understand why they said it, understand what the depth is that that's there. And it could be that sometimes this is really the depth of learning Rashi, right? What's everybody's asking? Is a book called that? What's bothering Rashi? Rashi says something that seems to be overly simplistic. There are times that Rashi says, I don't know. There are many times that Rashi says nothing. Very often, if Rashi says something that's simple, it's because he's anticipating something that you might have otherwise said, right? A lot of that's the avoda, a lot of times of learning the Havamina. Right? Rashi's coming to cancel off Havamin. It's understanding something that would otherwise fit in. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. there's a, there's, sometimes there's a layer of truth to the Havamina. It's just not, you know, there's an MS to the Havamina. Havamina is part of the Gemara also. It's just not necessarily in, in this application of the facts. Mm-hmm. So, so he says, a per, when you hear something, if it's Chachma, recognize that it's Chachma. Understand what it is. If it seems to be simple, understand what, what it's coming to reject. Um, he anticipates some sort of difficulty. That's why you have the Sifsei Chachamim and Rashi. It's possible that this is why Rishayim have contempt. Which is, we already said, we just said this because of Shvuas on page 401, well, right? We made the point that, that there's no real such thing as somebody who's not a believer, right? There's only, where was the, where was the Lushen? He said, he used it over here on page 401. He said, uh, And there was his, He said, Darwin, again, if he met, met Rabbi Zrozalantar, Darwin wouldn't have thought that people came from monkeys. Mm. It's because a person didn't experience no this. You know why a person's a Russia? You know why he has contempt for Chachma? Because he doesn't understand it. If, 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 you un, if you recognize truth and you integrate truth and you realize that it's not a truth but it's <coughs> the truth, everything else falls away. If a person is arguing with you, it's one of the things that I mentioned, I like math, right? If a person is arguing with you that, let's say stupidly, 2 plus 2 is 5, they're not arguing with you, they don't get it. That's why it's right. like frustrating. Right. There's not room for two truths. It's the truth, right? There's, so if a person sometimes is a Russia, it's that they didn't struggle to understand the truth. They didn't put in the effort. They took it at face value, and they didn't, they didn't dig deeper. And therefore, the question becomes, even on our level, right, whose, reality are, whose reality are we living? If, if, if a person is sitting there and they're arguing and they're coming up with things, a person, like we've mentioned before, you have to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mm-hmm. truth. You have to relate to the Torah. That has to become right? We said right by the Hashmanayim, like they, the Hashem for their war. That has to become your truth. You're tapping into Neshama. That becomes who you are. If you're just, even if it happens to be that, you, that, that by Mikra you get some things right, if, if you don't have that level of his battlers, then you're not living Hashem's truth. 
You're living your truth. And if you're living your truth, so then there's a spectrum. A person could be all the way a Russia, and a person's stam could be a little bit less alive. The only real MS, the only real nitzchias, is something that has no friction at all. There's, no, there's nothing holding it back, and that's the, the real MS. Everything else is just going to be one, one subjectivity, one subjectivity or another. And that's what, what he continues on with the morale says is Lishma Derech Chaim. He says, you know what a derech is? A derech is yashar. Because uh, something that goes down the middle, and you'll know this if you've ever had a. Uh, the, the, um, well, one example in a second. If if anything becomes a, there's different midos. If you have chesed, is a good thing. If chesed becomes a an end in and of itself, then you can be nice to Amaleki. You're mm-hmm. not going to kill them, or there could be Arias. Gvura is a good thing, and if Gvura becomes a thing in and of itself, then a person will become a psychopath, right? Or, you know, they just become... Every, when things are a tool and they're a means to the end, then it can be balanced. And when something is... When something becomes in and of itself, it's if you have a you ever see a bike wheel, if they, uh, you know, when they when they want to see if it's straight, they like spin it, and then you could tell if it's even veering off like a little bit. It could be that it's causing you know friction on the chain or whatever. When something is is smooth and something is, I, I one time I saw. Do you ever see those kettles that have the plastic tops? So, I noticed like I thought that there was a malfunction that mine was totally melted. Okay, so I was wondering like why the plastic was totally melted. So my wife said, "Oh, we should send it back." And I realized it's because, in order to you know, instead of leaving it clicked in, so she kind of left it like you know a little bit off so that it wouldn't boil it up. When the when the air and the steam went straight through the vent, so then it went straight through without any friction. When she left it a little bit off because she wanted to leave it kind of balanced on the top so that the water didn't boil, what ended up happening is that the plastic couldn't handle the heat. It wasn't being directed straight. When something's a little off, that's kind of the way that the Maral describes Lishmar Derech Chayim. If you have if you have two lines that are parallel, then they're parallel a million miles away. Yeah. If a million miles away it's a little bit off, that means it was a little bit off in the beginning, you just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. The idea of Lishmar Derech Chayim of Musr is to keep a person on the Derech Hayashar, on the Derech Chayim. Right? So, so, so that's where we're going. The only real truth, the only real vitality is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the MS and its Torah. The idea that a person can recognize it, the, the, the idea that a person can understand these as kind of like an abstract truth and not translate it into a Voda, he says it's possible. Is this possible? And yet, you can know something as a truth, but in order to become alive, to fill your tachas, to be who you are, to be an Adam, like everything we've discussed until now, then a person has to integrate that truth, and they have to work at it, and they have to invest in it, and they, they, they have to live that truth, otherwise, uh, then they won't. So he says, says, this is how we have to hear it, but, uh, you know, who heard this? So, you know, we listen to where's the entrance point, right? So if you're not living this and you don't feel this, then where, where is the line? You know, it's, it's funny. He said it in a totally, in a totally uh, different context, but in the beginning of the Sefer, one of the points that he said, he was talking about the derech and learning Agarita. 
And one of the things that he said is you can read something and go through it and give a really nice drusha and be totally wrong if that's not what it's meant. You, you, you don't have the entrance. Or the way that he put it over there, again, it, it was in that context, he says, um, uh, Uh, he says, people that life thieves, that they know full well that what's coming out of their big drushes over there is nothingness. Hmm. The people that listen know well. From the sorry mistake. So they apply the wrong rules, they give a fancy drusha, they're giving all these things, and at the end of the day, they're not relating to, to it in any right way. So he says, where in fact is the entrance point? We have to know, this is going to be the stringent thing out of everything. So after this, you get hard to believe. He says, the Navi is roaring. People are deep in their in in their depth of like hiding from from uh, advice. They they hide their deeds and they say who's gonna see? That their their misdeeds are deep. Okay. So it's not really a level a level playing field. Because you have people, and this goes back to what we were talking about as relating to Ruchnius' reality. When all of a sudden they have to figure out how to, like, you know, cheat on their taxes, when all of a sudden they have a chap, you have people that they're learning is totally like plain vanilla, and yet the Yetzer, all of a sudden they become brilliant. Right, I think it's a Tundabel Yo, maybe, a famous, I think Tundabel Yo, that a person's going to say, I didn't have the head to learn, so he's going to say, Well, what do you do? I'm a fisherman. He says, Well, how do you fish? I make nets. How do you make nets and he goes through all of the steps and he goes so you see we talk about this in terms of learning halacha well ha, you're a lawyer you went to law school you studied for the bar you're a social worker you went to work while you for this we see full well that when something is important you structure it you do outlines you have outlines for tests you learn how to cram you understand what you need to understand we see full well that when something is important you're very amok in how you have to do it right and it's not really a playing field because the Yitzhahara has a big avoda the Yitzhahara never sleeps the Yitzhahara does exactly what it has to do it's us that have to root ourselves into re- into the MS, into the Taira, to be rooted more firmly and more deeply than the Yitzhahara. Otherwise, we don't stand a chance. So here we are, we have this totally simplistic, pashtus, uh, superficial view of Avodah, and yet the Yitzhahara is working full time, and you see that people are very deep when it comes to doing those things. All of a sudden, when they want to chase pleasures, they have every cheshven and every svar in the world. How many times people, right, the, the famous one he brings that a per, that, that the person gives a bigger penalty for the uh, for stealing the the sheep than the cat right a, a person ends up making himself that they're more scared of people than Hashem we live with this world as a reality so when we say oh it's a muna pshuta and all these things we see that we have a lot of depth when it comes when it comes to all of these other things right so in the, in the in the battle between taiva well, in the in the battle between 
Taiva and Yeris Hashem, so if you don't have Yeris Shemayim, then there's no way that the Yitzhahara is not going to win the day. You, we have a lot of depth and a lot of hop and a lot of everything when it comes to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So he says, in the next paragraph, My yes, Adam, a Pashup Avodaso, Bahu Pashit of Al Yitzro Mamik, Vihaim, the Pashus Yilachimbo, how is he going to fight back? His Yitzhahara is busy scheming, right? And all of a sudden, when it comes to Amun Apshuta, this, that, be as, and that's what, you know, so if a person is just literally a simpleton, it's one thing. That's where the analogy that we gave earlier says, you're shrewd in business. You're shrewd in learning to play the guitar and in finding time for golf and in fantasy football and everything else you do. And the one area that you're not shrewd in, the one area that you're not calculated in is Ruchnius. So you know what it means? It means that you don't relate to Ruchnius as a reality. So how in any world is Ruchnius going to win the day? It's not Shaykh. The seven things that are hidden. So, here, one thing to say is, there's a, it's a very interesting thing, Rav Itzel Pederberger points this out also, again, in the Talmud of Rav Yisrael Salanter, he writes essays in the beginning of Rav Yisrael, but he says that it's very interesting, Yerush is different from other fear. It's a wrong, it's a wrong uh, translation. What's fear? Fear is essentially a natural emotional response to something. There's a lion, and you're afraid of the lion. A car is coming, and you're afraid of the car. Right? Whatever it is, a person is... It's an, the, the fear is not really a choice. The fear is the response. So how could it be that you're afraid of somebody that could, what, take your parking spot, and assuming that you're a believer, you're a maimon, you have a munapshuta, and you're not scared of the person who decides whether or not your eyelids are going to lubricate your eye the next time you blink. Right? How, how are you scared of everything in the world and you're not scared of Hashem? So he says that the truth is, is that it's a nace because if we would really evaluate it, uh, evaluate it well, then we would have no Bechira. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows us so that Yira is really, Yira Shemayim is really a function of Bechira. Mm-hmm. So when we say Yira, it's not really the same. HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts into the Bria that, we, that we don't really have Yira Shemayim unless we choose to go down that path. We recognize the consequence. It brings us to Tyra. We understand the Emes. It brings us to Yira Shemayimus. But Yira Shemayim is Ba'etzim a choice, and it's not just an automatic response, response to anything. So the, the, uh, the, 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 he says that... Uh, hold on one second. Yeah. So, so he says, says, is it's scary enough if, let's say, out of everything that we've been discussing, you know, I come to it and I have to live a good life and I'm going to stay away from Averis and there's Yeris Ayanesh and there's consequences. What happens when all of a sudden you see the movie of your life and all of a sudden it comes out that the good things weren't really true mitzvahs either, right? The time that you, right, the time, your, your, your glory in the sun, you know, when you, I don't know if you have LinkedIn, I have it like for work, right? Everybody and their brother, every time they like help, help out a homeless person, they, they take a video of themselves, they put it on social media, and they, talk, they get a bunch of likes as to how altruistic they are, so that they're obviously like building a brand. What happens when all of a sudden you look at your movie and you see the real motivation for everything good that you did? 
That's gonna be, that's gonna be mind blowing, right? So it's hard enough to not have yours einesh and yours shemaim on the bad things. All of a sudden, you're gonna see all of the good things that you do. Mm-hmm. I see. That, so I don't want to do like the analytics, even if it does. And then all of a sudden, it totally undermines the avoda. All of a sudden, it totally changes your motivation day by day, and it becomes very difficult to distinguish. You you know. So so what happens then? And here he says, is, you know, his bonus is not just for Breslov anymore. This is, this is where a person has to truly understand their, what drives them, right? The Bilvavi Mishkanevin is very big into this, right? In other words, really, who are you? I think there's a famous gra, famous enough that I don't remember where it is, and maybe it's not even the gra, but I think it's the gra. But, but, but he says that the only time that you're really yourself is about the second that you're born, and after that, right, nature versus nurture, after that, you become very responsive. So you can imagine, you know, the, 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 you know, Havdol, the Matthew effect, you know, they talk about the differences in being the oldest in the class versus the success breeds success. But, you know, it's the idea of, you know, the oldest oldest in the class, you know, versus the youngest in class. But, but the, the idea is, let's say a person ends up ba- based on their school district or where their parent, they go to a school with a lot of wealthy kids or kids that are poor, or they, they, they end up making the right choice for them. Every, your entire life becomes very responsive or you are, you're the, let's say you're tall. I remember one time I have a friend of mine who's, uh, he owns a company, whatever it was. I remember talking to him, I said, did you ever wonder like how differently your life wouldn't have been if you weren't like six foot three and like huge? He's just very authoritative. Right? Would he have would he have would he have been able to accomplish the same things just in terms of how he holds himself out and how he relates to people if he wasn't taller than ninety five taller and bigger than ninety five percent of the people that he meets, right? Whatever it is. But so so little by little, so many of the things that we have in life are responsive. But who are we really? What are our true motivations? How do we tap into our true motivations? What are the things? I mean, Baruch Hashem, we live in a from community, right? I, I, I've always said this. It's a very big chesed of Akadosh Baruch Hu, that people like being on Hatzalah for whatever the reason, because you want to know. You know, people say, oh, like they, you know, they just like the sirens and they like this. That's a big chesed of Hashem. Who in their right mind would be would want to run out of Kol Nidre, no matter where you're holding in life, to go help somebody out? And, and how many people's wives, you know, are able to swallow that after they just clean the house for a month. I, I know people, you know, you can ask the other guys like this, where, they, where after a month and all the money and preparation that went into, they're about to make kiddish on the first kais, and all of a sudden they go on a hatzalah call and they come back, at, at, you know, by chatzais and they wolf down some matzah. It happens. If people, Baruch Hashem, people like to be on shaymerim and chaverim and whatever it is, right? It's, it's, but, but at the end of the day, in terms of a personal avodah, it's going to be very, who are we really? A person has to understand this. V'chein Kasav, finishing up, the Admor of Yerucham, it says, in the famous thing that was, uh, that was written, it was essentially as if it was his will. Tzuras Yeshiva Seinumai, what is our Tzuras HaYeshiva? Our Tzuras HaYeshiva is, Lalan Ba'om Kashe Allah Ha'balimit Be'in Rav, okay, it's a Gemara, by Yeshua, he says, "Omnam kain shazosi tzuras yishivaseinu akadosh l'harkavasiyun l'chades hasechel tamid to make you into a thinking, aware, 
introspective person that you're never doing. Why are you doing it? There's a book, I think it's written by somebody named Alexander Seinfeld, if I remember, but I haven't seen it in like years. Hey, I think I'm just an Asian person. I think that there was a there was a Haskama by Berkowitz. It was a book written like something, the art of Kavana. It's coming back to me now. But one of the things that he said is like practicing, like noticing when you put your hand in your pocket, is it the right hand or the left hand? How many steps do you take from here to the door every morning? Mm-hmm. I remember there was some sort of an exercise over there, just becoming aware of what you're doing, Na- taking note of which. A person should understand literally developing an awareness, right? Like mukta, like we talk about one time in mukta. What are you touching? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why are you going through these motions? Mindfulness. Right? Mindfulness. Yes, mindfulness. But, right? So Don't live a superficial life. A person strays from the uh, in like the, the weakness. He says, And this is, by the way, one of the things that Mesil Sicharim says on, in the introduction, excuse me. He's talking about people's misplaced notions and actions of Hasidus. But what he says, uh, a person goes and does all of these things. They do a lot of vidoy, nothing wrong with vidoy, but they, you know, it leads them to all sort of outward display. And he says, Kulam devarim asher, what's his big problem? Ein hasechel nochbahem, vein hadash shoketa. They don't, they're not rational, they don't make sense. If you're doing something that looks crazy, so then, right, a person has to stop and think, like, wh- like what's going on over here? You, you know, I, I, I mean, it's wonderful that you're saying X, Y, Z, 40 days, and you're, you know, you're fasting like this. Is it something that makes sense, and is it something that makes sense for you, right? Not talking about, like, schoolers and stuff, different conversation, but over here, he says that people become divorced from Seichel. A person that has to live very, a person has to think. This is what Musr is, to live, not to know, to live a life of depth, right? Even in, let me see if it's here, because if I remember, right, even at the end, I remember hearing somebody make this point once in Kufiates, which is the capital of Taira, right? But Taira, it's, it's the longest capital in Tehillim, goes through all the Aleph Bays, Right? What does David HaMelech say at the end, at the height of all of it, after he goes through all the thing? Even David HaMelech at that point is concerned. Ta'isi kiseh oiveid. I strayed like a lost sheep. Ba'kesha avdecha ki mitzvaysecha So a person has to be nervous almost, like, you know, where are they holding? You know, even at that point, he's, he's concerned that he strayed and what, what he's seeking to go on to put himself onto the right path. We want to live a life of depth. There is a heaven to earth, right? Between the knowing something and living it, learning musar and the avoda is built. It's not fluffy. It's built on something very, very deep and specific and a structure like Amir Tashem. This is only the introduction. We will explain. They will open a dimension, a new dimension in the inner space of a person.
a person who doesn't do it is impossible for him to know. Yadano gam yadano, we know kiyada yom lo nidem kol anas chalusha imer chadal bnei lishmaya musar. Don't don't bother with musar. What are you doing? You know, stick to dalam shalach or whatever it is. People pooing musar even now. Ulam gamzos yadano ki kol poyreya musar mishalim ba. Anybody who ignores Musr, he will be completed until he reaches a destruction of self. Somebody who denies Musr, he doesn't do it, he's a pre, like peels back, right? By Mila, he is, despises himself. Ulam Gamzos, second point, Yadanu, Ki ain Asek Hamusr, who trufas pillim, that it's, it's not a pill. Him. No, plum is like it's not a wondrous thing. It's not a magic pill. It's not. It doesn't mean it's going to work. saying they were crying over psukim that said maybe it'll work. Maybe I'll come around. So he says you have to learn muster. Without muster, you have no hope. But it's not a magic pill. Last line. Aval ayin. And this is how we will begin, last paragraph. The stipler, Zatzal, which was in the 80s. He placed Musr in his place. The diligence. There's a diligence in Tyra, like wonderful diligence. It's not going to make, put, give you good midos. We already said Torah is ma'adin. It makes a person sensitive to it. It makes a person refined. That's a better word. I heard of Berkowitz one time on a shear make this point. He said, he was, it was before Yom Kippur, so he was being a little harsh. But he said, you ever go to the base medrash and you see people arguing and one person literally is like getting angry and wants to punch the other guy in the face, mm-hmm. right? So he said, if that person, Baruch Hashem, he's not on the streets and he's not murdering somebody, mm-hmm. but he, it's good that he's from and he's doing the right thing, but he didn't work on his meat of anger. So, so, so he says, it's true. The person's better off by being in a from environment, but just sitting and learning doesn't make you have good midos. You have to work at it. Just make one last point. The first line that, that the uh, that the Maral makes in the introduction over there is that he, when he talks about Torah, so we're already saying Chaim is really drawing the bridge, making integrating Torah, becoming one with MS and truth. So one of the things he says is that what what's a man? We always say Seichel. Okay? So he says, why can't we figure out the best way to live? Right? Yes, he is he kind of kind of structured as a question. Why, why do we need the Torah? Right? Is that the right way to live? So the way that he makes the point, There are certain things that are respectful. Stand up for an old person. That you might know. 
But one of the things that he says, or the point that he makes, and there's other points to make about the topic also, but we'll stick with he makes, is there's a difference between a person meets somebody for the first time. A person goes out on a date, right? They can know that, let's say, it's nice to pick them up on time, it's nice to tuck your shirt in and make a positive presentation. Will they know whether a person likes yellow flowers or red flowers? So, Lahavdil says a person might understand certain elements about living in society and in general sense. But he says, uh, To know what Ratzin Hashem is, which we're saying now is the only MS, it's the only Chius, at that point you need, you need Taira. So, and, and Musr becomes that bridge. So unless a person understands through Tyra what Ratzin Hashem is, and they use Ratzin to bridge the gap, where again, we already, for anybody listening to the first couple of, the first shower, that really the only the clea for Tyra, a clea has to match what we're talking about. So we, the example we gave last time is that a cup is not a clea for an ocean, it's just a cup for 10 ounces of water. If a, you say that something is a clea for the ocean, that means it has, if the ocean is infinite, that means a clea would have infinite properties, whatever it is. So if the neshama and adam is designed for Tyra, that means that the neshama has infinite properties, it has the, the appropriate properties to relate to it, and as we, as we use Musr to kind of clear out the friction, to have his botless, to allow what's already there Ba'etzem to resonate, that's where Ba'etzem we connect to Torah and Kaddish Baruch Hu, and that's Ba'etzem, the, the avod of Musr. Okay, for now.